Welcome to the Every Day is Saturday podcast. The number one motivation show on the planet. No more Mondays for you. It's time to make every day Saturday. This is the podcast where we help you to accept who you are, not where you are. On the roller coaster of life, you know we only sit in the front seat champion. So make sure you are fastened in Let's go. Tired of feeling run down all the time during the week? We can help you make every day feel like it's a Saturday. Let's go pack your bags. It's time to leave Averageville. Introducing the man who thinks abnormal stands for above normal. When you're on fire, people will travel from miles around to watch you burn, baby. We are fired up. The host of the Every Day is Saturday show, Sam Crowley. Holla at your boy. It's Saturday morning, and it really is Saturday morning. Recording in uh, a parking lot around my house, around the corner of my house, before I head out to Indianapolis today, playing around the golf. I need to give you an update on the golf game. You don't tune in here to hear about golf, but I'm going to give you an update because you know I had a full-blown Chernobyl-like meltdown last Wednesday, just 10 days ago, and I have bounced back. That's why I shared that story with you. It's all about the mindset, man. Uh, yeah, I got to share that with you. So I'm teeing off at 11.30 this morning. Going to fire up the Crowley Roadster with my beautiful bride of 23 years and my daughter Susan, six-year-old. So for some reason, the teenagers wanted to stay behind today. I don't know quite why that is, though. Huh. Let me go think more about that, why teenagers want to be home without their parents on an 85-degree Saturday. Huh. Really weird. Anyway. I want to take you back, take a trip down memory lane. So if you grab your uh, morning cup of coffee, maybe it's in the evening in Australia, wherever you find yourself right now. Maybe you're in the gym on the treadmill or walking the dog. I want to share with you a story and what this means to you and how it will inspire you. So I'll take you back to the summer of 1984. And I'm hanging out watching the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. It was July of that year. And I get a phone call from the local uh, country club pro. And the guy's name was Bud Jenkins. And he says, hey, Sam Crowley. I'm like, yeah, this is Sam. He says, hey, I see your application here. Penn Hills Country Club, which was the swanky danky do country club in Bradford, PA. Bradford's a town of 8,000 people, hardworking, blue-collar town, born and raised, graduated class of 86. I actually have my 35-year reunion this year. Isn't that something? How about that? So he called me and said, hey, uh, would you like to come out for uh, an interview? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I go out to the country club, which I did not belong anywhere near this club. This is where all the doctors in town were members, the lawyers, you owned your own business, like insurance agencies, all the rich people uh, were a member at the Penn Hills Country Club. And then there was me, you know, I couldn't even, I didn't feel worthy enough to even cook the food there. But anyway, went out for an interview and he says, all right, well, you can start next week. Great. So, uh, and I don't even know why I remember I was watching a major league all-star game. That's just so funny. Anyway, cause I just know it was the first week of July of 84. So I started there and my, my only job was when all the beautiful people came in from playing golf and they mashed up their wedges and their irons and drivers, I would take them back, take the clubs, not the people, take the clubs in this back room, this dark room where there was two buckets and I would, uh, one was for the clean water, one was for the rinsing water. And I would wash everybody's country, uh, everybody at clubs, you know, their golf clubs and clean them up. And everybody stored their clubs there. And so I would store them where they needed to be stored by name or number. And I did that. And then on occasion, they would allow me out to pick up range balls uh, there. And 
I would never, I wasn't allowed to ring up any sales at the register. I, I just, I don't think I had the gray mat. I think they identified early on. I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. So basically kept me in the back room washing clubs and that was it. But something funny happened though. And everybody that came in is like, Sam, hey, Sammy, hey, Sammy, what's going on? And it got to the point where it was mildly embarrassing that I knew everybody that was golfing there, but I was not a member there. And it was really wild. And the, finally, Bud, the golf pro, he's probably in his early 60s, he pulled me aside after about my first week there. And he goes, hey, just want to give you, know, just kind of a heads up. You're definitely a hard worker. Nice kid. Nice kid. He goes, by the way, do you know everybody in this town? And I just laughed. I said, well, I'm the youngest of eight kids. So my, I have five brothers that are older than me. They've already gone through high school. So they have all their you know, friends and their parents. And then I have two sisters that are older than me, so they have all their friends and their parents. And, you know, my mom had me when she, the year she turned 41, my dad left that year, hadn't seen the guy. So my mom just kind of took me everywhere. And then when my brothers and sisters' friends would come over, they'd have a party or something. They would just throw me in a playpen in the middle of the room and tap a keg. And there I was just kind of hanging. So everybody knew me, you know. And so my mom was a factory nurse. I mean, it's not like she was hanging out with any of these highfalutin people. Far from it. My mom would go to work at a factory every day and then come home and have a couple belts off the off the bottle and go to bed, you know, and that was that was kind of it. But my mom was a high quality individual and that's that was the big deal. Like my mom, for all her faults, she was a high quality person. Like she she had a great relationship with the Lord, and she always said, carry the Crowley banner high. Carry the Crowley banner high. And that just simply meant, don't embarrass me or I'll kill you. And so that was, you know, Irish Catholic mom and raising eight kids. That's basically it. Hey, don't embarrass our family name or you're dead. Well, okay, that message, loud and clear. So I always went out about in the local community. there. And look, I am far from perfect. I mean, come on, are you serious? I mean... I could tell you the stories from Bradford, PA, but it was something about growing up in the 80s. I I was, uh, well, what would I have been? Sixth grade or so in 1980. So that puts me graduating in 86, you know, throughout that year between 80 and 86, it's just kind of a special time to be alive. There was no phone. So you either played outside or you didn't, you know, and the only way you knew if a friend was home was if you went up and knocked on their door. And that was, that was the way you communicated. It wasn't texting or anything like that. You actually had to communicate with people. So we'd walk around in the summertime with a baseball bat and a mitt, go knock on everybody's door, Johnny and Billy and Louie and everybody, and we would just go and uh, head up to Callahan Park and play baseball all day long. And if we ate, we ate, and if we didn't, we didn't. I guess that's the old school intermittent fasting, you know? You just go play all day, and you don't even eat. And where I'm going with all this is with my everyday Saturday business, I get a lot of compliments, and this is not a way for me to compliment myself, but I really want you to understand that what you've got is perfectly fine. Because you're a high-quality individual, that's what people end up buying. They end up buying the high-quality individual. They don't. A service is a commodity. I mean, look, I coach people on how to create their million-dollar message. All right. I also create a podcast. You could very easily get on Google and, and say, how do I create a podcast, follow a series of videos, and launch your show. You would do it completely wrong, but you would do it. And the reason I say that, let me give you an example. Anchor FM. A lot of people host their podcast on Anchor. And there's over 1 million dead shows on Anchor. Just they're not even there. And if you host it on Anchor and you're getting planning on getting any relevance on Google, for example, you're not going to do that because every web page that you host a podcast on, a, ho a podcast when you run it through your domain name is 
very good for SEO purposes for people who search, let's say if I did how to start a podcast and that was the title of one of my episodes. Well, you know, that's always indexed in Google because I run my podcast through my own domain name, everydayisaturday.com. I control it 100%. If Anchor goes out of business, so do you because your, your podcast is hosted there. With 1 million dead episodes and dead podcasts on Anchor, Google isn't going to rank any type of hosting platform that has that much dead space. Does that make sense? So that's why that's just one out of a, a thousand examples of why you would want to hire somebody like me to launch your show to make sure it gets done the right way. Secondly, understanding that what you offer is a commodity in the sense the service aspect of it, what people cannot duplicate is your character. All right. I got a, uh, a voicemail from a client yesterday, won't use their name, not going to even talk about who they were saying, but they said, you know what? I dropped a ton of money. Guys, we're talking over 20 grand with a coach. And this individual said, Sam, I got more value out of 30 days with you, 30 days, than I did from an entire year or more with this coach. And I thought that was one hell of a compliment. I said, you know what? I'm going to share that on my podcast tomorrow because I want to inspire, not because it makes me look good. By the way, it does. I understand that. But what I'm really saying is that when you get started, if you haven't already, maybe you have got started, maybe you're tripped up and maybe you're kind of thinking, ah, you know what? Everybody's doing what I'm doing or I'm not as far ahead as somebody else. Understand nobody can match your character. Nobody can match your integrity. People buy that. Okay. I brought on several clients this year alone who said, man, I just feel like I know you. You know, every time somebody goes to my calendar to book a call, by the way, have I mentioned, go to launchwithsam.com and book your call and I'll call you and we'll get started. <laughs> I, why do I, why do I not forget to say that. Go to launchwithsam.com. Let's work together. But everybody, they start the conversation. How's your wife? How's Susan? Man, I feel like I already know you. I've been listening to your podcast for, even if it's just a few months or a few years, that's why I do a podcast because it breaks the ice. So when we get on a phone call, it's not, hey, who are you? And I found somebody that can do it cheaper. But none of that even comes into play. Never, not one time with a podcast listener. That's why I do this every day for 15 years because it brings the best client you'll ever find. But you also aren't going to see me. any. I mean, look, I am a sinner, man. I, I, I'm one of the most flawed individuals out there, okay? But here's what you're not going to find on, on the internet about me. Bragging about money. You know, here's how much I made this month. I may throw money out there every now and again just because that's how everybody keeps score. There's nothing wrong with that. But when that becomes who you are, like, hey, look at how much money I made, how much money, that's just, forget. I, I'm, I've got a blind spot for that. I don't even listen. I tune right out. It's like, nah, I just hum right over that stuff. You're not going to see me taking a picture in front of my nice car or my airplane or anything like that because it, that doesn't matter to people. I mean, that's can be Photoshopped in. What you cannot replace is your character, your integrity, and what you really stand for. Does anybody even know what these people stand for? Like, I know you stand for beach house. I know you stand for airplane, chartered plane. I know you stand for bank accounts. I see your PayPal screenshot. I know you stand for that, but I don't know who you are. And so in your marketing, now I'm speaking to you right now, the individual listening to this podcast, in your marketing, lead with who you are. People love that. Like people resonate. They want to be around that. Just like when I was 16 years old back in 1984 working at the Penn Hills Club, washing golf clubs, people wanted to be around me because they just 
my mom, I was, uh, you know, you can be collateral damage in a negative way being associated with somebody. So watch out who you hang around. And you could also benefit. And I benefited from my mom's name. I benefited from Catherine Crowley. I benefited from what she stood for. Everybody knew she had some challenges and had some demons, but they also knew she was a good person. And I think that's really what people see. I've got challenges. I've got demons. We all have demons, okay? We all have those things that we would never want anybody to know about. But when the rubber meets the road, good person. You're a good person. That needs to come out in your marketing. That needs to come out in your message. And not leading with, hey, I'm a good person. Just be who you are. And you want to know a funny story? How this comes full circle? I joined a country club this year. I'm now one of those beautiful people. And when I walk around that country club, I think people appreciate the fact I do not like, they have to, but I hate when they call me Mr. Crawley. Hello, Mr. Crawley. Please just call me Sam. All right. I don't like it. But I don't want to get you fired. If you got to call me Mr. Crowley, you can call me Mr. Crowley. But, man, I don't like that at all. I never want to place myself above another human being. That's not what God would want. Not, we are not here. God does not want us you know, in a pecking order that I'm better than you just because I've got a country club tag on my clubs. But I joined the country club, and I, I, I look at these kids that are washing clubs and getting carts and doing this stuff. I just I think, man, 20 years from now, you're going to be a great kid. Male, female, doesn't matter what your race is, what your creed is, what your religion is. You're just, if you're a good person, you're going to be a good person. You're going to have success in this life. You know, do bad things happen to good people? All the time, every day. That's also part of life. But who you are at your core, lead with that in your marketing. So I'm off to Indianapolis playing with my buddy Diamond Dave. And uh, we got a tea time at 1130 this morning at the Fort. The Fort's a Pat Dye course. And... I rebounded like you knew I would. Uh, last weekend played in, I think I told you I played in that tournament, played really well. Uh, might have had something to do with the Bud Light I crushed at 8.30 in the morning just to take the nerves off so I could get off the first tee. I don't think that's a good long-term plan, though. I won't be crushing a Bud Light before I tee off today. But I've been listening to this Mindset Golf audiobook that I told you about and also just been studying the mind as it relates to golf, okay? I already have a lot of information about mindset. I've always loved more. So if you got a good mindset book, let me know. But specifically as it relates to golf, because I want to get down to a 10 handicap. I'm currently a 21 handicap. I want, and that's at my course, which is a really challenging course. I'm sure if I played a public one, I'd be lower. But I just see, see what I did there? I did a beautiful people thing. I said, at my course. But I think I'll be down to a 10 by the end of this year, and it all has to do with mindset. Mindset, mindset. I expect to have an amazing day. I've been visualizing the first tee shot coming off the tee. I've been visualizing having an amazing time today, and I've just captured that vision in my mind ever since I had the meltdown. And, boy, the power of visualization. It is it – is, it is. look, you can visualize – having your first coaching client. You can visualize earning $100,000 a month. You can visualize that because then what it does, it allows you to have that captured in your mind so you can step into that person and the actions follow of who you want to be. That's a whole different podcast, but boy, we jammed a lot into this 15-minute show. Did we not? Did we not? I hope that added some value uh, for you today. All right, God bless you and your family. Have an amazing rest of your day. Have the best day ever. And that's a wrap. Another Everyday Saturday podcast in the books. Thanks so much for listening. Would you do your boy a favor? Would you get on iTunes or wherever you listen to the Everyday Saturday podcast and leave a rating for the show? It helps amazing people like you 
find the show faster. And that's what I'm looking for, amazing people like you. Hey, I'm always hanging out on the interwebs. You can check me out on Instagram, at Every Day is Saturday. Let me know you're listening to the show. Love, 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 love hearing from fans of the Every Day Saturday podcast. And one last thing, when you're ready to launch, get on my calendar, go to launchwithsam.com. You and I are going to work together to set rocket fuel to your dream. Are you ready? Let's do it. I'll see you on the next Every Day is Saturday podcast.